So I have a quick question or a quick statement. Um, what I think is a big issue nowadays is the whole word dating. Everybody has their own interpretation of it. It's not how it used to be like, you know, for our fathers and our mothers. Like, I remember talking to my mom about, you know, dating before she got with my dad. And she was like, you know, yeah, we used to date, but it was like a group date, like a, you know, her and her girlfriends, they would get together and hang out with, you know, some neighborhood guys and figure out, you know, who liked who and kind of work it from there. Um, also, some people use dating as, you know, a means of getting free things from the opposite person that they're, you know, trying to date, whether it's male or female. So I think the word dating is very casually thrown in there. And we don't really have um, a good, well, I don't want to say we don't, we don't really have a good interpretation of it, but it just depends on each person's interpretation of what dating is. Dating is going out with most people, not necessarily sleeping with them, but, you know, definitely going out and trying to get to know and see who you mesh well with. Some people think dating is where you are, you know, just talking to or getting to know one particular person. And the other person might not feel that way. It's like, well, I'm not really dating you. We're just getting to know each other. So it it definitely does go back to what I think everybody's own opinion is about what that is. Because you can have all the positive intent, but if someone is not on the same basis as you, if someone's not looking for the same thing as you, then that's where things, I think, really start to break down for both men and women. Well, that's where women have to. That's where women have to take accountability, especially feminist women have to take an, take in accountability for the things that they changed over the past thirty plus years. Remember, that's women wanted to change the terminology. They wanted to change the names and terminologies that that represent these things. Prime example: courtship. Courtship was the process before dating. Courtship was when I say, "Hey, shine." You know what I'm saying? I think you look good. Blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Can I have your number? like to talk to you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You build up conversation, you send us some flowers, you come knock on the door or something like that, you know what I'm saying? And then you ask, hey, we've been talking for a minute, whatever, whatever, think you're cute, blah, blah, blah. I'd send you some love cards here and there, whatever. Would you like to go out with me? That process got completely eliminated after time when it came to women saying, hey, well, that's control. We want to be able to do what we want to do with our bodies and stuff. And if we want to just fuck a guy, like and, and like feminists said verbatim, that they wanted to do what men do, even though men weren't doing that. Well, that's what we want to do. So women went from, oh, okay, courtship to, oh, shit, he looked good, blah, 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 I want to fuck him. And then the problem with that came with oh okay well now there's women in the in the womanhood that figure that to be unladylike you just giving up your body and stuff like that so women wanted to change the terminology of what it was to be you know what I'm saying hoish or be a whore etc cetera, etc cetera. why do you think you can't call a a woman a prostitute now that's selling her body that's giving up her herself for material goods and things of that nature like like women don't allow you to use that terminology anymore but women do it all the time women will you there are plenty of women out there will tell you that oh yeah well you know what i'm saying in order to get this he gotta spend 300 dollars on a date or whatever the case may be he gotta take me here he gotta buy me this and but that's that's the 
the prime example of what a prostitute is. But you can't, you can't, you have a system that has been changed over the years. So when men started to get hip to the game and we started, oh, okay, well, we're going to create a term for the women who just want to fuck and stuff like that. We called them cut buddies in the 90s. We called them cut buddies. And then when the television show Girlfriends came out, women wanted to change that. They wanted to add another layer. They always want to one-up us in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Cut buddies was supposed to be cool. Cut buddies was supposed to be just the women that you just hit up on the sexual level, and that was it. Well, women wanted to one-up because in Girlfriends, the dark-skinned woman, Tony, came up with friends with benefits. Dudes that they basically treat like boyfriends that dudes that take them out and everything like that, give them the sex and stuff like that, but occasionally give them money for bills. It's a boyfriend shit. Now that's trickled into the 2000s and women complain now about dudes and they say, oh, these niggas want, want the whole thing or whatever, but they don't want to be with you. They, they want to shack up with you and Netflix and chill and blah, blah, blah. That's, a, that's what women started. That's what women wanted. And men, whether you want to admit it or not, men have always conformed to that. My problem is I want men to change that guard. Somewhere around in the 70s, these, these men got to the point when they were always at war and, and dealing with racial issues and stuff like that and trying to build our communities or whatever, that coming home to fight with your woman was just, we don't want to do that shit. So men walking on eggshells at home, ducking every argument possible or whatever the case may be, developed a long path of lack of accountability for women because even their own husbands weren't pointing to them and telling them that's not right. We're not doing that. I don't agree with that, etc. So 30 plus years go by. We got 50 years of this bullshit. 50 years of this shit. So we got to go through, and I told Travis, I think I told Travis this, did I say this, Travis, to you? Did I, I said it was probably going to take another 50 years just to start denting it, but it will take a hundred years for us to actually start putting in legitimate change. And I say this because now we have grandmothers that aren't even 40 years old. And those, those grandmothers now who ain't 40 years old, that's 30, 35 years old are going after the same men that their daughters are dating right now. And then the daughters have kids and they're all learning from each other the same shit with less than 20 year age difference between them. Less than 20 year age difference. So you got three generations of women. That's just repeating the bullshit cycle. And us as men are fighting the dudes that's older than us. And like, damn, why the fuck y'all didn't stop these women back then and blah, blah, blah. And then they're telling us, oh, well, you're less of a man because women told them that you're less of a man if you rebuttal this shit, if you, if you go against this shit, if you go back and forth with a woman, you know what I'm saying, then, then a real man don't do that and blah, blah, blah. So they put up all these defensive walls that makes you less of a man for not agreeing to the shit. And we got to fight through all of that with both men and women while also trying to make a better way for us so we can have our wives and, and, and raise our kids or whatever and then try to set a standard of code for our little boys and little girls. 
But Sean, that comes with a lot of lack of accountability. Dating, dating didn't really start to take that heavy negative swing until the mid to late nineties when women felt like they had to one up men in the dating market. They felt like they, they had to get to a point where, okay, we feel like we're not getting enough out of it. But women have always, I've never, since I've been on this planet about to be 40 years, I've always seen women teach other women that it was, that go find you a, a, a dude that's going to take care of you, girl. You ain't got a ring on your finger. It's okay for you to, you know what I'm saying, date multiple dudes. You single. Until you got a ring on your finger, you single. But I've also seen those same women dog any man out there for just interacting with another woman. It's okay for women to go through a man's phone and see that another girl is interested in him. But women can have four or five different dudes that she know all of them want to fuck. Even though she's not fucking them, all of them want to fuck. And they all willing to do whatever it takes to fuck. Take her out, all of that shit. Give her money here and there. All of that shit. And that's perfectly fine. But a dude can't do the same thing. So women have just changed the game. It just sucks that we had ages and ages of men that were willing to just succumb to that shit. And here we are today. Now we have anytime a man goes against shit, he's misogynist or, or hyper-masculine or whatever the case may be. But we're dealing with the world as, as we see it. We see the bullshit now. And we want to do our part to try to 86 this shit. And we also want to rebuild strong men because a lot of these young men being taught by these women have been told to bring their position down. Say one thing, like my eldest sister, she has two kids. Um, my nephew, he's about to be 21 this month. Oh Lord. And my niece, she is 15. Um, she has two different, father of her children, um, but she did marry my niece, uh, my niece's dad. Um, unfortunately, their relationship didn't work out just because of different personalities and just not aligning on the same path. But once, the, the two times I've seen my sister being single while raising first my nephew and then my niece, um, and again, this is going back to old chick on the video. She, if she was dating somebody, she did not bring them home. She kept that person away. She didn't bring them to the home. She didn't introduce my nephew to this person until she felt comfortable that they were going to get into a relationship. And that's how she ended with marrying my niece's father because it was a guy that she was dating at the time. And, and that took a couple of years, I want to say, um, before they, uh, before she actually let him really meet and interact with my nephew when he was very young. And so he's been in my nephew's life from probably, I'll say four years old to when he was in high school before their relationship ended. Um, and then when she finally like got ready to start dating. Of course, she had my niece and my nephew at home at this time. And again, she did the same thing. She didn't bring anyone to her home. She didn't let anybody meet her kids, even though they're older and they understand things now a little bit better. But she never brought anybody home. And that was my biggest thing with the woman is just having 
this person coming over to her house. And like I said, I didn't know it was three um, girls. I thought maybe she had a son or something, but I don't. I was, I was kind of in and out of the conversation um, while it was playing. But that was just my major takeaway. And as far as her not having any consequences, she she's definitely going to have consequences because, again, what those girls see her doing, they're going to think that that's okay. And to have guys coming in and out or having one particular person come over just for um, intimate interaction. Um, and that, you know, may be detrimental for them because they're going to, you know, see that and think it's fine. Like, okay, well, I'm just going to have a, a boy or boyfriend, whatever you want to call him, and that's all I'm going to use him for. And they may start that out at a young age, which is not, you know, ideal because most people, most kids can't process that kind of situation. So, yeah, she's definitely going to have some ramifications that's going to come back on her, um, whether it be, you know, her 13-year-old, you know, getting pregnant at a young age. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But there's definitely going to be things that will come back on her for that because, you know, she felt it was fine to introduce that into their life at that age. And it's, you know, shown that that's not a good thing to have people coming in every house, male or female. Okay, that is that is a possible consequence, right? But what is that consequence when you have an entire womanhood that doesn't address it as a negative? Say that one more time. I didn't hear that you said what consequences what now. I said so you could present it as a certain consequence, right? But I said, what does that mean when you have an entire womanhood? that does not hold you accountable for that? Is it really a consequence when you have an entire womanhood that basically says, yeah, that's that's fine. It's okay that you do that. No, I mean, somebody should definitely hold her accountable. Like, if she has other, you know, female friends, they should definitely hold her accountable. Again, like I said, if you have a good core group of friends, no matter what age group you are, they're going to try to help you lead, right? Because, you know, a group, what was it? The cliche is, um, oh shit. Um, a group of, what is it? The feathers flock together. I can't think of it right now, but yeah, birds or feather flock together. So if you have somebody that's in your group, that's doing things like that, and believe it or not, I still think, you know, word gets around. People still do, still do talk, you know, Amongst them, so like, well, hey, did you see so and so? Blah 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 blah. That stuff still goes on. So yeah, she definitely needs a better core group of friends that's going to steer her right. Like, hey, you know, that's not really a good look. But again, just if you don't have that support system, you're not going to, you know, live by those certain rules of being a, a lady, as they say. I think more of what uh, Iceman was referring to with the consequences part was since there's not public shame for for actions, you run into the situation where a lot of women are doing whatever they want because men still have the men still have public shame that occurs. Um, but it used to be that both men and women had public shame, so it it, it saved a lot of people from getting into bad situations. 
And the, the ones that were determined to get into terrible situations, they were going to do that anyways. Public shame was not going to stop them. But it helped a lot of people that were on the fence to not tip over to the dark side. You know, that was the really big benefit of public shame. Since we don't have that, we run into situations like this where people, they not only are going over to the dark side because there's no public shame to give them pause, but they're taking a shower in the dark side. They're getting in like the Motel 6 and they're just staying there. And it gets to the point where, you know, there's nothing you can do for them. And when that becomes the norm in a society, the society is ruined. So I guess the a bigger question would be, is especially for for women why do you think uh why do you think public shame has been removed and you know what can we do to get that back because things definitely seem to be more orderly when public shame was present oh as far as uh public shame goes so ice just to make sure that um I'm hearing your question right. Like, um, pretty much your question is, we know that there's going to be consequences with the lady and her family. But if, like, a lot of people are going to look at her behavior and say, hey, yo, that's okay, and no one's really going to really, like, be getting on her about that, then what does it matter? Um, Just making sure I'm hearing that question right. Just correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's borderline. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, my opinion on that one is this: through public shame, and there's a reason why I say that, because, like, as far as like society's opinions goes, it's pretty stinking awkward. It can be weird. It can be fickle. It can change at the drop of a hat, and. You can make the argument that public shame when it comes to a lot of shit or like when it comes to some important shit can be good in order to keep things from getting too, too out of hand. However, society is very, very, very easy to manipulate, especially nowadays, which means public opinion is very easy to manipulate, which also means that what people think is shameful is going to be easy to manipulate. Shoot, we can look back to, uh, I'm going to hate to pull this example up. We can look back to like the whole COVID situation and we can see that. And I'm not sitting here like, you know, shit talking either side really, but it's like, it was pretty much blasphemy for one side to even open their mouths, even if that even if that one side just so happened to have doctors and scientific evidence involved in that. And then there's tons more examples as far as that one goes. So it's like, personally, I think fuck public shame because public shame at the end of the day, isn't really going to pay your personal bills. Like the onus is still on you to use your head, use your brain, try to noodle out shit as best you can. um, And just try to figure things through. Because, like, the public shaming part, they can say a good handful of things is wrong. Publics, like, the public can say things such as killing is wrong, and it would have a point about that. And then the public can also say some other things, such as 
going around and just like having a shit ton of friends with benefits is right. Or something such as abortion is okay. Yada, yada, yo-yo. So it can, it can say a lot of stuff. Some of it is okay. And then parts like other parts of it is cap. So it's like, I'm not really too, too concerned about that. My main concern is whether or not these choices right in front of me is going to have some direct consequences. So it shouldn't be about whether or not society says it's wrong. It shouldn't be about whether or not society says that it's okay for you as a single mother to number one, be a single mother or number two, go out and spread your wild oats and all that other good shit. You're a woman. You can be a free spirit. Yada, yada, yo, yo. It's like, screw that shit because society doesn't have to pay your bills at the end of the day. It's like what matters the most should be whether like the direct and tangible consequences and sometimes intangible consequences that can come from those choices. So, excuse me. So it's not necessarily whether or not society is going to like it because they can like shit that's not good for you. Society likes McDonald's. Does that mean that you that you should eat it? Fuck no, it don't. So it's like, bro, like, just think it through and just go like, hey, is this really going to be the type of environment that I should have my kids in? Maybe I should have given some extra thought to, you know, keeping, you know, this dude around my kids or whatnot, yada, yada, yo, yo. It's like, just throw that stuff out of the picture. Use your brain, think things through, and also get other people as a sounding board so that you can see whether or not you're going on the right track. So it's like, all I'm saying with that is that I don't really trust public shaming and public opinion sometimes because that can be a little bit of a wild card. It can mislead you if you let it. So that's what I got to say about that. Okay, so... I think we have to discuss a few things because your last answer infers that public shame does not exist and that is not true. Uh, public shame is still a tool that's used for a lot of things. Unfortunately, it is still being used for how men handle themselves in relationships and it is not being used for how women handle themselves in relationships en masse. So you can't really say forget public shame because it's not, it doesn't exist right now for, half, for more than half of the population. And this, this entire dating show is an example of a woman who has not had to experience public shame and she's actually a culmination of without hearing consequences or hearing the old wives tales or hearing the things that give you pause before you make bad decisions. She is the culmination of repeated bad decisions. So we're running into an impasse where we, we can't look at we can't look at this like public shame exists for everybody because it does not. Um, it would actually stand to reason that if it did exist, you probably wouldn't have as many of these. You wouldn't have as many of these recorded bad circumstances coming up for us to talk about.
because they would be at minimum hidden. At minimum. They wouldn't be brought to light like they are now. Oh, it's you, sir. That was I was I was asking uh, I was asking the question uh in just rebuttal to your last stance. Oh, which, okay, okay. I appreciate you having a hard stance, so that's why we could discuss it. I mean, hey, I mean, as far as my other one goes, I can circle back to the to talking about Grimer in a minute if you want, but like as far as this particular stance goes, so the reason is like even with what you're saying, I understand as like just just uh, making sure I'm getting your point correct or you know accurate. Public shame doesn't really exist for one half of the population roughly, but it exists in droves for men. So that's the reason why it's like, I can't really say that public shaming shouldn't be considered because of the fact that we haven't had it, right? It's currently not present. So yeah, there's not really reason to say public shame because there are they already take your stance now. And so we're looking at, we're actually looking at the result of people who are taking your stance right now. Well, about that. They didn't take it the way they didn't take my stance the way that they were supposed to take their stance. And there's a reason why I say that. So I will say this. I do stand corrected as far as um, like. Public shame, not really, you know, being present or really like, you know, existing the way that it needs to. I can I can stand corrected on that. Definitely. Um, So just to kind of like fine tune, like the point that I was getting at. Maybe it's like I won't use public shame because I understand that that one was um, that one wasn't necessarily too accurate. However, what I'm saying is that like society's views and stuff like that, there's a time to take it into consideration. And then there's like a lot of times, quite a bit of times when you shouldn't really give that much of a shit about it. And so like to kind of like go off of the point that you mentioned, um, because of the fact that we can see that this shit is so lopsided because of the fact that we can see that men are pretty much getting public shame in droves and like women are pretty much getting okayed for damn near everything that they say and do. Um, it's like, why listen to that? Because like, just statistically speaking, it's not really going to be possible for both sides to be completely clean. So it's like, what I'm trying to say is, why even really account for public anything when it comes to making these important decisions? When you use your brain, go and do the research that you can, all things considered, have yourself a sounding board that that's, you know, hopefully not an echo chamber, and like, you know, go from there. Because like, when it comes to what's happening in the public, you're not always going to get... um people that are going to be acting and speaking in your best interests. You may very well get people that are going to treat you like they do pawns on a chessboard. So it's like, you got to take some responsibility. You need to take some personal accountability. It's just like the freedom of saying, Hey, yo, screw you public opinion. That's as much of a responsibility as it is a freedom. Because if you mess around and you do something stupid, obviously that one's going to be on you. And so, like, um, kind of like offering a rebuttal to the point that you put before earlier about people already trying it my way, 
they're not really implementing it the way that they should be because they also need to keep in mind that they got to check themselves too. And they got to be careful to make sure that they don't walk themselves into a trap to make sure that they don't walk themselves into some bullshit. Okay. So I stand corrected as far as the public shame part, but I'm saying, yo, public opinion ain't going to pay your bills. You got to do what you got to do. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So I have a few things as far as questions so we can work through this because to say that the public is not going to pay your bills is not completely accurate, which is why we have such a transactional culture now. Because the public opinion is that a majority of women should be utilizing men in a direct form of financial transfer in order to have access to sex, which is why a lot of what's going on is lopsided. And men have adjusted to this. And there are men who now are like, well, I'll just figure out if her price is something I want to pay and then I'll move on with my life. So. Public opinion is still very important, and the main reason it's very important is because men and women are different. I understand, I understand where you're coming from, and why you believe a plan, your plan would work, but you have to look at how men and women operate because it's a very different thing. Now, can we agree that oftentimes? men make decisions on how they think things will go and that women will make decisions based on how they, how it will make them feel. Damn, that's a tough one. I want to say yes, uh, but at the same time, I don't. As much as I hate to say it, it's like that one, it's like, I understand that we need to have that, like, it's like a common ground, but. This, this is just a yes or no question. Because the thing is, is that if you don't believe in anything, then your actual game plan has no, it has no teeth because there's no way to control it. Mm. So it's either a yes or a no. All right. R- run that, um, run that point back to me just to make sure I'm hearing it right. Would you agree that um, that dis- decisions that men make are usually based on what they think will happen and that decisions that women make are based on how it will make them feel? I want to I say no, because women do have to think about their safety. If, if you can take that one down, then I'll agree with you. Okay. I got it. I got it, Iceman. I got it. I got it. So what you just said is that women have to think about what will make them feel safe. Is that correct? Well, not just feel, but like, you know, actually being safe. Safety is about feeling safe. It's not, that's not, that's all it is. It's literally just a feeling and that's it. Yes. You buy an alarm system because it's effectiveness and helping you feel safer. A woman is buying an alarm system in defense. Now, what it does is it gives you armament around your house 
but it actually makes her feel safer. It's just, you know, if it wasn't about feeling safe, then, you know, most women would never walk around at night because they wouldn't feel safe. It's just. Because you can get robbed in the daytime. Like the time of day doesn't matter of when something happened. Yeah, that I that I can see. That I can see. Um, I mean, you could also just listen to women when they speak. Majority of the things that that women argue against when it comes to men today is based upon their feelings, not what is actual fact, but how they feel about something. Oh, well, I feel like like the, the, the constant argument of, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 sustainability, the constant argument of, of uh, uh, not courtship, but the need of man uh, 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 and also submission. Women feel that, you know what I'm saying, submission is control and, and a man being overbearing and, you know, all of that good stuff. Women base a lot of things in their lifespan, their decision-making, I'm sorry, in their lifespan off of how they feel, not off of logic. Mm. And whether you want to agree with that or not, just talk to the average woman. Listen to the average woman. And nine times out of ten, when she's conversing with you and she's giving you her position, she's, she's going to tell you, well, this is how I feel. I feel that it should be. She's not talking about on, on the greater scale of things. She's not talking about what's better overall for the society, which goes back into when you all were using terminologies in the chat, like uh, personal accountability and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cute and all. I mean, but when she don't have nobody around her to tell her, yeah, uh, that's not a good image for your children to be having niggas walking around the house. Even if the kids don't know that you're fucking them. Just having different dudes around the house. And something that you all brought up, there's something that you all brought up before in regards to, oh, well, if her her circle is right. Okay, if her circle, if, if women had more positive circles, would we have reality TV? Would we even have a need for the Kendra G show that we just listened to? Would we even have issues with women in our society that we just heard on the Kendra G show? If it was really all about her circle and her circle letting her know, hey, the way you're approaching these things is negative. So having having a society, having a branch in society, especially men to say, this is not the type of woman I want. I don't want a woman that thinks like this, that executes her life like this. That is a positive. And yes, that will fall under the line of shaming because if they give us the floor to speak, then we as men can also explain why we don't deem that positive and why we don't deem that the type of woman we would want to invest in or, 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 or dedicate our lives to, et cetera. So that process is necessary. That section of our society in this, in, in what we're talking about right now specifically is definitely important. Uh, Iceman, we're working here. We're going to get there. 
All right. Who's gonna get there? So, so a quick. <laughs> so I'll go on ahead. So I'll say this. So I can see the point. So uh, LVD, as far as um, like you know, what you were saying, I'll go on ahead and I'll say that we can both agree on it. The reason why I was kind of slow to do that was because I will admit I've had the good fortune of being in the presence of women who believe that rational decision-making was something that was necessary for them too. And they lived by it and they were able to get people very, very far by it. So that's part of why I was a little slow to it because I'm just sitting here and I'm just going like, Hey, yo, even read that, like, you know, women are capable of rational thought. Okay. So I'm like not trying to take that away. All right. That was the reason I was slow to accept it. So we can go on ahead and we can go forward and we can say we're together on what you were saying. Oh no. Cause see, you're, you're, you're still fighting me on this. Uh, The reason I'm asking yes or no questions is because it, it, it illustrates a point that we talk about often until you're able to, until you're able to agree with me that men and women have different, methods of operation there's a lot of things that you're not going to you're not going to understand that will work to your detriment based on anecdotal evidence that you have and the reason i say that is because i know i know some of the most logical thinking women ever in corporate america they're usually single mothers that have to take care of things on their own so they're forced to be logical thinking because their survival depends on it. So I'm not, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to say this is an, is an absolute thing. What I, the reason I, I'm asking you this question is because in the general scenario, when your life is not on the line, usually men are gonna operate based on thinking, and women are going to operate based on how they feel because how they feel is very important to them. It's extremely important to them. And it's actually important for you to understand that for women too, because when a woman decides to be with you, it's going to be based on how you make her feel. It's going to be based on you making her feel safe. It's going to be based on making her feel like you can take care of her. It's going to be based on her make her feeling like you can make her laugh. It's going to be based on you making her feel all squishy inside. You're going to find that a majority of what you're doing is to make her feel a certain way. So she agrees to your game plan. So it's really important that you don't try to appeal to women in a way of thought because it's going to get you mucked up. And then the guy that comes and makes her feel good it's it's always going to win. So, but so we we're we're in agreement with that. So, if you look at that, the reason public shame was very effective for women is because public shame gave women a negative feeling that was applied to a behavior, and they didn't want to feel that way, nor did they want to feel isolated because women also want to feel like they belong. So when you have those two things working in the background and it's universally known that most women are not going to approve of your action, 
so then you would not have the opportunity to socially interact with them because they look down on willing single mothers. It's not the same for divorced mothers. It's not the same for widowed mothers. Widowed mothers traditionally have gotten a lot of help because it's very unfortunate that she did everything she was supposed to do, got the husband, had children, and her husband dies. So everybody knows that there are different circumstances that receive different treatment based on how a woman ended up with kids. And like if a woman takes in a kid, that's very, very noble as well. So that's treated differently than deciding to have a kid out of wedlock and then, you know, now you're stuck. Everybody knows this and that's why these different categories of single mothers have been treated differently, you know, the whole time. So public shame was a wonderful tool because it would spread the story and allow women to actually have a relatable outcome that she would not want to experience. And that's what gave her pause into what would classically be considered bad behavior. So, so pretty so much. Son, have you ever seen uh, this? It's a black movie. Have uh, any of y'all seen this movie? It's got LL Cool J in there. Cedric the Entertainer is in there. Uh, Jada Pinkett is in there. In the movie is where, like, uh, Cedric, I think, hold on, was it? Yeah, Cedric was the, the pastor. And LL Cool J was the son. Um, he had a brother, their dad passed away, and the movie is about them, like, basically going through the process to bury him or whatever. And, um, Anthony Anderson played his brother, and Jada Pinkett was Anthony Anderson's wife or whatever. But my reason for bringing that up, to ask y'all if y'all have seen the movie, is because there's a segment in the movie where the town whore comes to, like, the reception. And we call they call her the town whore because she couldn't get keep maintain a man, right? She was no she was known for like being the type of chick that would mess with other uh, people's husbands and stuff like that. Sometimes she do it for money, sometimes she did it for pleasure or whatever. She did it so often that the community basically labeled her like the town whore. So apparently. Anthony Anderson's character had apparently cheated on his wife at some point. A one one and done thing where he like went to the store, saw her, you know what I'm saying, 15 minute wham bam or whatever. Um, and it comes up at the reception because uh, somebody brought it up and the outfit or something like that she was wearing or whatever, it was a piece, article of clothing that the wife rem remembered and then she was like, oh God, my, my husband slept with that person or whatever, right? Third son, when you had shaming on that level, right? At least on that level. Those type of women didn't interact with the wives in the community. They weren't welcomed by the wives in the community. As a matter of fact, there was basically word of mouth that prevented the men from interacting with their women or for those women to be in the same spaces 
as a woman that will be categorized as that. So she could potentially keep, you know what I'm saying, her family uh, 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 in constructive order as long as that nigga didn't go seek it, basically. So that's where the, the, the word of mouth, the public shaming, you know what I'm saying, could come in as a positive. I'll give you another example. Third son, all these dudes that's in this chat, right? What if I told you, not saying this is true, this is hypothetical. What if we had an R. Kelly nigga in our community that was sitting right here in the chat with us right now? A dude that we could verify has been interacting with younger girls, underage girls, how would you feel about that man? And then how would you feel about us for continuing to interact with that man, knowing full well that he was actively doing that shit? Mm. Well, needless to say, I wouldn't really feel too, too good about anybody. Maybe that's the best answer I can get out of you. It, it's like what I'm saying is that like would everybody. Think... Nah. No, I, but I act no, bro. I asked you a direct question. I ask you a direct, not anybody, don't float it to, I'm asking you, you know, it, this ain't what's going on now, but you should be able to answer this question without fear of, you know what I'm saying, people lashing out at you negatively or whatever, because this ain't what's going on. But if there was a man in this lobby that we all knew was a pedophile, and we all said and did nothing about it, we continue to interact with that man, all of us in here. How would you A, feel about that man? How would you B, feel about the people interacting with that man? Oh, my answer, my answer doesn't change. I would, about that man, he, he should not be, you know even really here and about everybody else who didn't really say or do anything. Yeah. It's like, needless to say, I'd feel some type of way about that too. So, yeah. How would you feel some type of way? How would you feel? Expound on that. How would you feel? I mean, he he's in here with that situation and y'all knew him and y'all didn't say anything. Like that's literally how I would feel. I'd just be like, yo, what the fuck? You'd be like, yo, what the fuck? To the point wherein would you continue to fuck with us knowing that information? Would you continue to associate with us knowing that information? Oh, of course not. Of course not. It's no, that's like I, I'd have to so, go. Okay, so so with that being said, so when you look at that woman's situation. And Sean, you can jump in here when you, when y'all say something like personal accountability and stuff like that, you realize that only goes but so far when you have a community of people around you that are allowing. And in this particular case, you got an entire womanhood that's saying, yeah, girl, go get yours, go do your thing, etc." How do you expect at some point in time for a person that's living their life that way to ever suffer any true accountability for their negative actions when their immediate group 
is accepting of it in the, in the sense that they're not saying or doing anything about it. Mm. And on a day-to-day basis, they're getting positive, you know what I'm saying? They're getting positive feedback from the people telling them, go, go, do you, go, go. So as far as not suffering the consequences, so they'll be suffering consequences regardless. So I'm like, I understand what you're saying, but like what I'm trying to say is that the consequences that they're going to suffer isn't going to come from the womanhood. It's going to come directly from the choices that they made. It's going to come from how their children grow up. It's going to come from the life that they have to live. So we we understand that. That's something that happens whether public shame was a was a factor or not. The the reason that we're asking this is because as of right now, if you look at what Iceman's talking about, it's essentially reverse public shame. It's public celebration. So yep. if you're getting public celebration, even if the even if you're getting the direct consequences that logically happen from your bad decisions. No one else learns from your bad decisions because just like if you give a child public celebration for bad decisions, they're going to keep making bad decisions because it results in positive affirmation and celebration. So it's not like it's not like she's changed based on what's happening to her family personally because it doesn't make her feel bad. A lot of people are still going to amp her up because right now, actions that she's taken are celebrated. The only real downfall for her is that there's going to be a very small pool of men who would even accept her circumstances at all. And, you know, she's not going to find that out until she interacts with men because Women are not going to tell her, and that's partly because of public celebration, and that's also partly because it actually removes her from competition of men of substance because they know she's making terrible decisions that they're never going to go for. So it's really a two-pronged attack that's super smart. It's very smart. You know, it's like, you know, body acceptance. Yeah, girl. You you do what you you do you you do you you take your beach body. I'm gonna go to the gym, but you take your beach body and tell the beach that they're gonna get the body you bring. And you know, all in the background, they're like, "Oh, I'd die if I look like that." You know, it's really smart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) So here, uh, so at any rate. Uh, creaking knees and having trouble trying to breathe and a bunch of other not-so-great consequences later. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> so, so the reason, the reason why I um, put those real-life consequences above all of, like, you know, like the concept that you guys were talking about regarding, like, you know, public shame versus public celebration is because they're still going to have to face that at the end of the day. So it's either they're going to learn from someone coming along and saying, hey, yo, this isn't good, or 
if everything goes as uh, you and Ice were saying, and they just keep on going the way that they're going, eventually they're going to come face to face with that. And they're going to be stuck with the cognitive dissonance, dissonance of that. So they either keep on fighting that shit, in which case they're going to keep on getting everything that they've been getting, or they're going to accept Hey, yo, everyone is telling me that this shit is okay when in all actuality is not. And in addition to that, I it's like, hey, my body is like this and I don't necessarily feel super mega ultra positive. And in addition to that, it's like there's it's like you can't make the argument that echo chambers are definitely a thing. So it's still a crapshoot whether or not they're going to come across somebody like us or maybe even like shredded sports science or the uh, lady freaking female bodybuilder McDaniels from my thoughts will probably offend you. She's a personal trainer who are going to say, Hey, yo, that shit's not supposed to be a thing. So it's still going to be a crapshoot, whether they're going to get out of their echo chambers or whether they're going to leave the comfort of their echo chambers or leave the side of their echo chambers to really understand shit. But the fact of the matter is that they still need to live life pretty much in denial. And it's like going back to that one lady, um, like with everyone talking about essentially what she, like the bullshit that she would be bringing on her children, the danger that she could very well be putting her children in. It's like anything could pop off from that shit. Uh, if she's not careful, like assuming that she wasn't like, you know, the best judge of who to bring around her home, around her kids, etc. Like anything could pop off from that shit. Okay. And when it does, those children are, it's going to be a crapshoot whether or not those children are really going to like that mom because she might lose those children's respect. Okay. Like they might go back. I mean, no, that's, oh, that's kind of part of the point, but then it's not because I, I noticed that a lot of people are okay with women living the majority of their lifespan negatively like this and then hoping at the end, oh, well, the kids are going to come to reality and see that their mom, blah, 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 blah. And that's in, in the way life is right now. That's not the truth. A lot of young men who are raised by single mothers realize how, multiple ways how their mom might have fucked up their process and stuff like that, but those men don't do anything about it. They eventually just say, well, it's still my mom. I got to love my mom. They don't go and talk to her and, and, and try to work out those negative things. A lot of times they just leave it as, well, yeah, my mom was doing what she had to do. So you're not really solving anything. You're not really changing anything because then by the time those men often see their issues and stuff like that, they are men. Now they are men that have already dated, that have already probably, you know what I'm saying, women say that they have, you know, that kind of stuff. So now the, the what's done is done. The circle the circle has come full now. So in this particular situation, she already has a 
16 year old daughter. She's already been living this life with that are not active in their child's life. She's already got the sexual encounters and stuff like that. And, and a dude here and there in and out the house, 13 years old. She's been doing it for a decade. That means that she's been doing it since her oldest was three years old. So you're banking on, oh, well, the child is going to see that. And then the child is going to, uh, the child is then going to realize, oh, that, that what mom was doing, that was fucked up. And you're banking on, oh, the child is not going to then, in turn, follow suit as to what. Well, what I was going to say to you, uh, third son, is I see the disconnect that we have because what you're talking about doesn't have anything to do with the question of public shame. And the reason I say that is I want you to imagine I want you to imagine that we're all at a house and you're in the kitchen, right? The stove is on and it's hot. When you put your hand on the stove and you burn yourself and scream, us witnessing it is a signal for not only most of us to not put our hand on the stove, but we go ahead and tell people, hey, don't put your hand on that stove because third son put his hand on the stove and his hand is barbecued. There's always going to be a small amount of people that will have the I need to see for myself attitude. And that's not who you're trying to save. Public shame is not a tool for individual saving. It is a tool for making sure that the majority of people do not make the same mistakes. What public affirmation does is it lets people say, I'm going to get attention for doing this. And human nature says that attention is attention. Good, bad, indifferent. It doesn't matter what kind of attention it is. I'm going to get attention, which is what we're in the middle of right now. Is that because of public celebration, Everybody's willing to do things and then try to hope and pray and work through their personal consequences on the back end because at least they're getting attention. And we can tell that it's not working well because if it were working well, we wouldn't be having conversations like this. Okay, so essentially what I'm hearing is that um, like like pretty much essentially what I'm hearing is that the concept of like, you know, public shame is there to protect the people that essentially can't do the introspection or that are not willing to do the introspection. However, when you got the affirmation, public affirmation, on the other hand, then it pretty much reinforces not needing that shame. And so it's like on a bigger scale that can be problematic and it's still going to be a crapshoot um like touching on Iceman's point it's essentially a crapshoot whether or not people are actually going to get the memo 
Because if somebody touches their hand on the burning stove and somebody pats them on the back for it, then they're going to be, you know, more likely to do that. So it's it's still a possibility that things could kind of get lost in the woodworks and people will still, you know, keep on perpetuating stuff that's not good for them because they still may not recognize that it's not good for them amidst all the affirmation, right? It's even worse than that because they now don't, they it's don't another, care. another level worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. The the next level of, of how worse that is, Travis and, and Third Son, is now we have a community of people are saying, oh, we heard he scorched his hand. We see that his hand is all melted and deformed, but that's not a scorched hand. That's just how God intended or that's how he wanted it to be. Remember, we got different levels now. Now you can change your gender, all that kind of shit. Feelings. I feel that I am something and blah, blah, blah. This is what I mean. Like, you can't challenge almost anything in this era now without being labeled something negative. Like, feelings are ruling shit. So, yeah, yeah, Thursday, you kind of, you, you, you getting there. You getting there in regards to what I'm saying. Yeah, the one thing I was going to tell you about what what you explained, Third Son, is that for what you were talking about, neither side allows for personal introspection because you hinted about public shame helping the people who don't have personal introspection. And it's not necessarily that. It's more of these people haven't had a reason to necessarily think about doing the action until it is brought to, to, to their attention. So personal shame of knowing what's happened to others and that other people will not interact with you if you perform this behavior, it gives you a signal that there has to be something that's not good about this because people are willing to disassociate themselves from me if I do this. The, 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 pers- the congratulations and just everything Iceman was telling you, it still doesn't allow for personal introspection because now you just know that you're not only going to be rewarded for doing this, even if it causes you personal harm, but like you said, you can spin it, you will be able to operate on your feelings, and it's going to be something where the, the action is in, it's indefensible. No one's going to be able to share wisdom with you because you're not going to be in a place to accept the wisdom when public celebration says that everything is great because of what you've done. So, yeah, neither side actually offers personal introspection at all. So it's not even it's not even something you can really uh, you can't put that into the argument because it, it wouldn't work out for either side of that. Okay, okay, okay. I see that one. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see, something was on the um, something was on the tip of my tongue. Um, yeah, I I understand. So, like, long story short, public shame does have a place. I still do kind of sort of have. I will admit, I do have my qualms with it because, like, um, it can be just like you guys were alluding to, it can be taken out of the picture entirely. And also like, you know, it can also be abused. So like, that's part of the reason why I was going like, there's a time to 
taken into consideration and then there's a time not to. Recently, with like, you know, all the public praise and everything, that's definitely a time to, or at least in my opinion, yeet a lot of it. Because like uh, the body positivity thing, for instance, is like, uh, okay, so this is, yeah, like the body positivity thing and uh, like what Ice was talking about regarding um, regarding uh, like sex changes, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But go ahead. Body yeah. positivity mainly started with people celebrating um, people being overweight and saying that that is a universal sign of beauty being overweight and looking unhealthy that's where it started the 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 identity the identity gymnastics of changing your gender and sex that that came that that is a different thing than body positivity cuz body positivity oh yeah yeah, that's literally like I'm 400 pounds and I'm sexy. And then people cheering and say, you go, girl. You jiggle that jam. Don't let them tell you yeah. otherwise. Oh, oh, don't don't worry, Travis. I know that um, I know that they're different. They uh, like the reason why, like I grouped them in the same or not really the same category, but why I grouped them like so close together was because they seem to kind of run off the same engine of like you know like what ice was talking about regarding feelings over facts so like that's the reason why they were mentioned like so close to each other like i know that they're different i know they're different um it's just uh i guess it was just one of those things that was kind of clear as day to me for lack of a better way to say it it's like i will admit i'm the type of person like, you know, if, if, if no one really knows by now is like, you know, feelings, they are important to me. Like the way that my mindset is set up is that feelings do matter, but the reality matters more. I'm not going to be the type of person that says that feelings just straight up don't matter at all because like, you know, feelings in the wrong context or in the wrong order with the wrong training and all that shit can be how people commit suicide. And we don't want that. And it can also lead to a very, very bleak outlook on life and, you know, a bunch of other things that I do kind of sort of have a, you know, more or less. Those are those are demons that I know personally. So I don't want to just be off the cuff and just say that feelings don't matter at all. That being said, even still, you do need to balance that with the fact that there is a reality that needs to be respected. And it's like. So, for instance, body positivity is like we can almost easily rule that out. And a lot of people have, even though it's like there's a lot of bullshit that's just been flooded in and flooded in and flooded in saying, hey, yo, I'm 400 pounds and I'm sexy. And it's like, yeah, you are to somebody. The vast majority of the population, probably not, number one. And also, number two, you do need to keep in mind that you're going to have a little bit of trouble you know, living and shit. So it's a good idea for you to not necessarily, you know, stick with that forever. Like, like get yourself to like at least a manageable level of, you know, husky. 
It's, it's like you can't be so big that you have trouble trying to like walk and move because at that point, it's like it's a down it's a downhill spiral because it's like you'll be in a deep ditch and you won't even really be able to climb back up it. So it's like you got to be careful with that shit. So that's just one example. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I think body positivity is a genius move to really it's almost like, you know, how it used to be we couldn't childproof things. And so stuff, people that, you know, some people just didn't make it because without childproofing stuff, they, you know, that was just it. And so the body positivity actually puts a lot of people out of the dating market because it makes their pool so small because now they're a very, now they're a very unique subset of people where the men that like them aren't really the men that they usually want to be with. So they've, they've put themselves in a different category because of the public celebration to where when they face reality, it is starkly different than what they've anticipated based on, you know, the public celebration. So I think it's genius because it literally eliminates a lot of people, you know, from being able to have a, a healthy relationship. But it's another example of why when you don't share with people and keep people rooted in reality, you actually take them away from being able to experience the fulfillment side of happiness and the hedonistic pleasure side of happiness. It really only goes so far. It, it There's just only so much you can do. And without fulfillment to be there, like it, 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 it fizzles out like a hot flame. And that has, it's not proven to be a good strategy for the, for the average person. Question. Can, can, can you uh, repeat and elaborate what you mentioned about uh, the whole body positivity thing being a genius move? Just, just to make sure that I'm hearing you right, bud. Sure, sure. So body positivity, you get some people who are living an unhealthy lifestyle. So one, they're more likely to die. And two, they're less likely to be able to find someone that they're attractive, that's attracted to them. So it actually eliminates a lot of people out of the dating market because uh, reality doesn't reality doesn't move in their favor. So that part's fine. That's why I was saying earlier how you have a lot of women who are being fake, like Sean was talking about, where they cheer this on, but in the back of their mind, they know that this is one less woman they'll have to compete with for whatever man they're going after because they're now universally unattractive and only a niche group of people will even like them enough to see about if they can deal with the extra problems that come with being that unhealthy. So that's why I say it's a genius move because the people that fall into that, that trap, you know, it, it's rough. It's real rough. Motherfucking motherfucker. Yeah. Bruh. <laughs> Do you have a picture of Charles Darwin on your wall, bruh? You champion in natural selection like a motherfucker. <laughs>
Oh my god. It's oh, genius. Joe, Joe. Joe, it's nothing. I didn't say the market does not exist. It's just that the market is so small because it's no longer part of the general market that it puts you in a situation where now your opportunities are rare. So if more people follow body positivity, it's a guarantee that they won't they won't continue to be able to walk the face of the earth because there won't be enough men that like it. 